I don't want astrology to be in the shadows anymore. Like, I really want this thing to be mainstream. I don't just mm -hmm. want it to be like a page in the back of a magazine saying that you might be a bitch tomorrow because you're a Virgo. Like, <laughs> who wants that? Who? Nobody wants, like, do you know how many times I've opened a magazine to Gemini and it's like, somebody thinks you're two-faced and it's like, wow, how original, so cool. Can you tell me more that will help me? Like, I'm so sick of unpractical astrology that puts people in boxes, I refuse. Hey, fishy family. Have you felt recently like you've been hit by a truck? An increase in awkward conversations, technology failures, and plans completely falling apart. This is the third time I've recorded this, so I can definitely say one of those is true for me. Find out why that is as we look at one of the deepest modalities for facing your shit and healing yourself, known to us as astrology. We are burning all the shit down, we're clearing it out, and we are letting it go to ashes before rising up from this recent full moon eclipse in Scorpio coupled with a lovely Mercury retrograde. Before we dive into demystifying the world of astrology, invite everyone you think would benefit from listening to this episode and rate this show on Apple or Spotify. So who am I and why did I decide to create this show? Well, after unraveling all of the medical lies I had been told about my endometriosis, I educated myself, faced my shit, and I was able to heal myself after 17 years of debilitating menstrual pain. On this show, whether it's endo or any other disorder labeled as chronic, we expose the lesser known solutions that can actually heal your mind, your body, and your spirit. My experience inspired me to actually live my art. So I created an ongoing art series about it called Every Phase, where I powerfully illustrate how I healed myself as I live by the phases of the female cycle in Freudian Rhythm Clock. The artwork shows what's happening in the brain and in the body during each phase and reveals how to biohack and leverage this energy in your own life. This month, we're in the ovulatory phase and the featured piece is about the forgotten 13th zodiac sign connected to the feminine polarity of receiving with receiving being the most generous thing you can give to anyone. Watch for its release on the last Friday of this month and be the first to see it by subscribing on my website, meredithochoa.com. And while you're there, pick up a signed copy of my augmented reality interactive book, Face Your Shit, Heal Yourself, which captures all of the art pieces from the first year of the Every Phase series. Even though I was lied to for years by doctors promoting Big Pharma, I was able to find experts and modalities who helped me achieve what I thought was impossible. This show introduces them to you. Today, we are chatting with astrologer, podcaster, and intuitive channeler, Allie Knoll. Allie is the lead astrologer and owner of Al Astrology Reports, podcast host of Mystic and Holistic, mental health advocate and channeler who offers astrology readings, astro coaching, moon journals, and virtual content. Her mission is to take the mystic and holistic and make them logistic for others through her personal life experiences. Allie, 
I am so happy to have you here. It's going to be just an extraordinary conversation. Astrology has been my first love as a child, as just a person and knowing myself. It's really just like looking in the mirror, except you're looking up into the stars. So before we dive into all of that and your expertise and knowledge within that world, I'd like to know, what did you have for breakfast this morning? What I've been having for breakfast all week. <laughs> I get into routines with my food. I had an egg, piece of toast with butter, and a big-ass piece of bacon. <laughs> and that Ooh. was my breakfast because I am somebody who needs a lot of protein, and that helps me feel really good. Love eggs. Love the really, like, when the yolk is super orange and it yeah. has that. I forget the name of it, but it helps decalcify your pineal gland. Oh, I didn't even know that. That's so cool. Yeah, really cool. Which, who knows, maybe helps you with astrology. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, anything, I feel like anything that can help open that up and help open your mind absolutely can help open you up more to astrological knowledge. Totally, totally. So I'd love for you to share with us just a little bit about who you are and how you came to face your own shit with astrology. <laughs> I'm Allie. I am the owner and lead astrologer of Astrology Reports. That's astrology with an L in it. And I, I have my own podcast through my business, which is Mystic and Holistic. I'm a mental health advocate through my podcast. I've struggled with mental health, PMDD anxiety and depression for years. And I am also an intuitive channeler. I'm just beginning to bring that into my business through the astrology readings and coaching that I do. But I offer all of those through my website, astrologyreports.com. And astrology hunted me down like a knife in the woods. I actually had my first encounter with astrology in 2015 through one of my roommates. And she pulled up my birth chart. It was through an app like CoStar. And pretty much from that point forward, I fell in love. It answered the call of my soul. It is to this day filling in gaps of information that I otherwise wouldn't have been aware of. So it is my bread and butter. It is my heart and soul astrology. How it has helped me face my shit. Wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> knowing where the planets are in my birth chart, knowing where planets are transiting helps me to be aware that I'm part of something bigger than myself, that I'm interconnected with everything and everyone on this earth. And uh, by knowing placements of weakness in my chart, I can strive to develop them and find balance within myself. And then knowing my placements of strength, uh, even still, I can develop those two for my benefit. So Understanding astrology on a deeper level, just getting to know myself on a deeper level is what has helped me face my shit because knowing who I am helped me know who I'm not. Exactly. Yeah. So well said. And I feel like really brings us closer to others by knowing, like you just said, who I'm not, what's mine and what isn't mine. Yeah, really, and that really is one cool. of my favorite things to use astrology for because when we know ourselves, we can communicate more clearly with our loved ones. And then also astrology is cool because if you start playing around with the charts of the people that you do love, we can nurture them on an even deeper level. We can be more patient with them. We can be more understanding. I see no fault in that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. 
and we'll definitely talk a little bit more about birth charts and all the rest. But before we do that, I know we just had a full moon. Super intense. feel like a lot of people probably feel like they got hit by a truck. I know I do. Yeah, it was in Scorpio last week, May 5th. And then on top of that, we're currently speaking right now during a Mercury retrograde. So I'd love for you to chat a little bit about what that actually means, especially in terms of the feminine polarity with the Scorpio themes of receiving, death, rebirth, sexual trauma, sexual empowerment, all of that. I can be long-winded, so stop me. Reel me in if I get a little too far. (laughs) No worries. You're absolutely right. May 5th was the lunar eclipse, which is basically like a supercharged full moon. Anytime anytime we have an eclipse, whether it's a lunar or a solar, it is like a jam-packed version of a new moon and full moon for that month. And eclipses are periods of really transformative shifts and energy in our lives. They usually come to awaken us to a change that we're not paying attention to or to clear things out that are no longer working in our lives. And this one in particular, this was the very last Scorpio eclipse we encountered through a two, a year and a half to two year cycle on the axis of Taurus and Scorpio. So yeah, Scorpio, it the Scorpio as a sign, it does have to do with, like you said, death and rebirth. It has to do with regeneration. It has to do with introspection, self-transformation, privacy, all of these concepts that sometimes are hard to look in the eye. I know Scorpio as a sign for a lot of people can be intimidating and yeah, I definitely feel like I got hit by a truck because For me, and I know for many people around me, that's what these eclipses were doing. They were showing us where we weren't being honest with ourselves, where there was work to do, whether that was with our mental health or anything else of the mind. And because it is the death and rebirth, it brings like a phoenix rising type intensity to it, where it's like burn all the shit down, clear it out, let it go to ashes before you can rise up from this thing. And we got that. That's really what we got. I, for one, lost a lot of friends. I lost family. I lost parts of myself that were no longer working in my life, that were keeping me small, that were keeping me in my wounded inner child. And that is as it's intended to be, especially because this was the last eclipse for Scorpio in this round. And the final eclipse in a cycle of them between two signs is about wrapping up, is about those loose ends finally getting tied, everything coming together. So by now, we should be understanding where in our lives those lessons were happening. And hopefully we've changed for the better. Yeah, hopefully. I love talking about this stuff. Of course, I probably asked because I am Scorpio Moon. So definitely have those aspects of not being afraid of the dark. I mean, the name of this show is Face Your Shit, Heal Yourself. So it's definitely shadow work is it's a lifelong pursuit and it's something you're guided by the rest of your life. If you actually pursue shadow work and looking at some of these themes, I think, too, what made it more intense, like you were saying, is the Mercury retrograde experiencing that and people being taken by all the miscommunication, all of the 
rescheduling or all the things that are just so technology failures, so apparent during retrograde, I like to call it kind of the period of the universe, right? <laughs> Where we're su- not supposed to grind it out. We're supposed to really reflect, do anything with the re, like, or else you're just moving forward. Like you said, with a bunch of crap, you have to reflect on what you need to let go of, what you mm-hmm. need to bring with you. How would you describe Mercury retrograde for people? Because I know this is big for a lot of people. They're like, what the hell happens during this three-week period? Yeah. So what's funny is that Mercury retrograde, all retrogrades are really just an optical illusion, but that doesn't mean that it's not working on us. And what I mean when I say that is I sometimes like to describe it as when you're sitting at a red light and you're in your car and you're just waiting there and there's a car next to you and the light turns green and before you have a chance to move, the cars around you will start going and it makes you look like you're going in reverse, like when you see two trains passing by one another. That is what that optical illusion looks like because it actually has to do with the way the Earth is rotating and how we perceive the planets, not what they're actually doing. And that should tell us a lot about how we perceive astrology. It's our feelings, our interactions, our perceptions, not anything outside of us necessarily that is coming at us, coming on to us in some tangible manner. It usually is like in and through the body within ourselves. and. Mercury in particular, it's the planet of communication. It's the planet of networking, of writing, publishing. And because of that, how do we communicate nowadays? Oftentimes through social media. So our social media, our technology can take a hit too because that's so heavy with it, so heavily involved in the realm of communication now. So if these things are meant to be functional, if these things are meant to be functioning, like normally easy, like flowing conversations, no trouble setting up appointments, et cetera, et cetera. During Mercury retrograde, these things can get flipped on their head. So communication can be topsy-turvy. We're having to go within to ground ourselves before we head into conversations. It really is just a time when the mind can be a bit unstable. So yes, slowing down our thinking is so important right now. And yeah, coming out of the eclipse, I, I, there's no coincidence, at least to me, when I see transits happening in conjunction with one another. They're all working for us in one way or another, even if it seems painful at first. So the fact that this was the final Scorpio eclipse and we have communication being impacted there, I saw that as a way of saying these are the strings you should be wrapping up. And it's And like all of it comes together through like how we express that to others, how we express that we're moving on, how we express how we want to be treated moving forward. And yeah. Wow. Really great way to to put that and to understand that and to wrap that up literally. (laughs) Pun intended. Yeah. So I also want to talk about another theme associated with Scorpio, the moon. and. Yeah, definitely connecting, (laughs) syncing with the moon, like our cycles. We're absolutely, especially as women, intertwined and connected with the moon. I've seen your moon journals on your website. How can people start utilizing that connection to the cosmos in general to improve their health? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the moon is one of my favorite places to start with it because the moon is connected to our emotional body, which 
automatically tells us there is an importance there because if we are emotionally off kilter, if our mental health is off, we are off. We can't care for ourselves as wholly as it's kind of, it's kind of like going through a retrograde. We struggle with that if our mental health isn't functioning. So the moon can tell you a lot about your emotional world, which impacts so many other things. With my moon journals, I created those as a means to let people see what astrology actually looks like day to day so that it wouldn't be this foreign, far off, intangible concept of just like magazine horoscopes we typically read where you think you're one thing. I wanted people to see how other components of astrology work together in our favor. And again, how astrology actually works, because I know a lot of people have this idea that, oh, Pluto passes into a sign. I don't believe it unless I see like a car accident happening or a divorce happening. It's like people want to see these great bursts of external events occur before they're willing to admit that we're being impacted by more than like there are things outside of our control that can influence us. And that can be a little scary. So the moon journals, that's a way to show people that doesn't have to be scary. It looks way simpler. It, it feels way simpler than you think it is. And through my personal experience, people can see that and then start to relate it back to their own personal experiences, specifically through the signs. And if so many people look at moon phases, which is so important, especially as a woman, when you consider the cyclical nature of how our hormones function each month, we should be paying attention to that. But the signs are like a layer that goes deeper for where in our life we see personal events happening and how like our own psyche is being developed throughout a month, throughout a week, throughout our whole life. Beyond that, the other things I really look at in a chart that I notice are related to health are Virgo and the sixth house. Virgo as a sign is about being meticulous. It is about sorting out, weeding out things that aren't serving us. And in that way, it can come down to it can be about our health day to day, how we take care of ourselves, like weeding out ailments in our bodies so that we can become Virgo as a sign. It is associated with the idea of perfection. So we can never like perfectly have our body in balance, but striving for striving for our health. And then because Virgo is associated with the sixth house, that tells us about our health and wellness, our daily routines, these habits that we have that can either benefit us or hurt us. So those are areas of the chart that I like to look like in relationship to health matters. Wow. Yeah. And I love that you said that about Cosmopolitan or whatever the magazine horoscopes are that most people know, oh, that's astrology. Because like I see at the back of the magazine, like next to the ad that I really don't want to see. Yeah. So like you said, it's so much more than just, okay, the day that you were born. Like I said before, I'm a Scorpio moon. So that has to do with the time I was born and where I was born to find that. And there's, which I'm sure you obviously know the big three, like your sun and your moon and your rising. And this kind of goes to my next question, knowing all of that and how you work with clients and their birth charts to really get to know themselves deeper and get to know that oh, I'm not just Aquarius because I was born on this day. I actually have all the signs within me in some degree. All that being said, what would you say makes your approach different from other astrologers working with clients? <laughs> 
I can't keep my mouth shut. I can't not be sassy <laughs> to save my soul. Like I just, I really have beef with how we have approached astrology for the last 20, 30, 40, however millennium since the spiritual movement occurred <laughs> in like the 1800s or whatever, when we started like making these laws that outlawed psychics and healers and tarot readers and astrologers, all of these ridiculous things that occurred that pushed astrology into the shadows, pushed it into being a field that is a cult because astrology was never, it, it was very mainstream in Babylonian times and like ancient Greece and Rome, they were using astrology, like even doctors, teachers, everyone was aware of their chart and they looked to it seasonally to take care of their family, to again, take care of their health, take care of their home. There are so many things that astrology was used for that got lost over time, largely because of, of the church wanting to suppress it because of the idea that astrology, even though people say it makes them feel controlled, astrology actually is in favor of free will. Astrology, when you are reading it the way I do, there's so much free will there to make our own decisions and make them in a way that feels best to us. So I would say that's what sets me apart. I don't want astrology to be in the shadows anymore. Like, I really want this thing to be mainstream. I don't just mm -hmm. want it to be like a page in the back of a magazine saying that you might be a bitch tomorrow because you're a Virgo. Like, <laughs> who wants that? Who Nobody wants, like, do you know how many times I've opened a magazine to Gemini and it's like, somebody thinks you're two-faced. And it's like, wow, how original. So cool. Can you tell me more that will help me? Like, I'm so sick of unpractical astrology that puts people in boxes. I refuse. <laughs> yeah. And it's such a reflection of our culture. And I totally agree that it's just astrology, at least to me and my understanding as just like a lover of astrology. It's a mirror, you know, and it tells a big ass mirror, like you said, like from the inside out. That's how everything is really happening. So you have to go in to even get what you're wanting on the outside and that's such a simple concept but really difficult for people I think to accept in this world where we've been trained to like just go outside to get the answers when really they're all within and then I look at astrology like you where it's I'm gonna go to my chart to see where to leverage what I already have and transits that are happening okay Pluto's moving this way Mercury's moving that way it's gonna be affect everyone differently yeah. And I know a lot of people who think astrology is just these reels on Instagram or TikTok where it's like a quick fix of if you are a Sagittarius, you need to be, travel and then you'll be satisfied. And it's like thinking that we can take this ancient 25,000 like beyond year old tool and minimize it down to what color represents your aura because you're a Taurus. How <laughs> juvenile, how juvenile and ridiculous and of course, people are going to look at astrology and be like, it's fake when that's all you see people minimizing it down to when really it is an art. It is a meaning making art that helps us find value in our lives and helps us grow. And I will fight anybody who doesn't understand that. Fight them with love. Let them know, hey, your perception might be coming from some might be coming from something that like you don't even understand. Do you know what I'm do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. I do. And it's so sacred. And it's it has absolutely been cheapened because it is sacred and powerful. It is 
by design on purpose that has been cheapened because it does understanding yourself you cannot be manipulated when you understand yourself you cannot a lot of the powers that be wouldn't have the control that they do if everyone really understood themselves on a deep level and one of the modalities to do that just like you said is astrology so speaking of challenges people may face when they start working with you or even just looking into their own chart on their own and looking at what current transits are happening, what would your advice be to them as these challenges or as maybe things that they see that they are unaware of come up? So I think it goes back to that believing in order to see and being willing to open your eyes or open your mind to understand that it's not something foreign. You're already living your astrology. It, I, I will have clients come to me and they're like, they'll start talking about how like they feel most comfortable when they are at home gardening or like chilling and cooking in their kitchen. And they're like, but I never feel like I get the opportunity to do that. And people think I'm such a hothead. Come to find out they have an Aries sun, but their moon is in Taurus. So they're, they feel misrepresented. You know what I mean? Mm. So I... Yeah, being willing to be open-minded about this thing that we've been lied to about for a very long time to know that it might be different than what you think it actually is, because that's been the case for me, even as an astrologer. And then the other thing I would say, like a challenge of coming to work with me or working with astrology in general, is to understand the depth that astrology contains, because when we're coming from these like magazine horoscopes that are like, you're a Gemini, so this is this and this. That is one facet of who you are. That is just one very minute component of what makes you and your lived experiences and your personalities and your strengths and your strengths and weaknesses. So sometimes that multitude when it's first acknowledged can be overwhelming. But the advice I would give to people is get curious. Allow yourself to play with this. Again, like that suspending of your belief system and with play, like playing with the astrology, like probably working with an astrologer, because I think most people who think they understand astrology really need someone else to look at their chart, be a mirror for them to mm -hmm. see things they might not have their eyes open to yet. But then once, okay, I am a Capricorn moon. Start thinking about like, when do I feel the happiest? When am I most at peace with myself? Observe the traits that people say Capricorn embodies and then begin viewing in your life like where those traits, where those things play out for yourself and making note of that because that's how we make astrology personal. And it's, really, it's another way of knowing your needs, your emotional needs that some needs we don't allow ourselves to have because they're like, shameful it's oh i don't really do well being alone maybe someone's need but that's like, embarrassing for them to say so they cover it up with yeah a lot of that yeah. comes back to our venus sign venus is the planet commonly known for romance but what on a deeper level it's known for our values and oh my gosh talking about moving out of the taurus and scorpio eclipse cycle taurus the planet venus is the planet that governs the sign of taurus and that has to do with our values what we give meaning in our lives and what's important to us. And I know a lot of people 
again, myself included, I really had to have a coming to Jesus during these eclipse phases of, wow, I'm not showing off what matters to me. I'm not standing in the truth of what my values actually are. And I think a lot of healing could really be done culturally if we looked at our Venus sign and started like standing up for those things we value, started embracing those things in a kind way and communicating that. We could really heal a lot. No doubt. So Pluto just moved into Aquarius in March. And I think it goes back into Capricorn and then goes back into Aquarius. So a lot of people, and myself included, consider that kicking off the age of Aquarius and ending the age of Pisces that we've been in for the last about 2,000 years or so. So not just like the start of a new year, but the start of a new age. Yeah. What is your vision for the world as we move into this new age of Aquarius? Oh, man. The first thing I want to say is that if you're somebody who's, I heard the, that the age of Aquarius already started, or I hear it won't start for another thousand years, you're probably not wrong. There's actually not a like definitive date we have of this is when the age of Aquarius starts. And that is based on something known as the precession of the equinoxes that occurs, which is like really technical. I won't even get into that right now. But I'm with you. I feel that Pluto moving into Aquarius is like the last like nail in the coffin to say, even though it's not a bad thing, of we're there. We're in the age of Aquarius. By vision. So Aquarius as a sign is it is the sign of forward thinking, of innovation, of rebellion. I mean, the last time that Pluto was in Aquarius, we had the American Revolution, the French Revolution and the Industrial Revolution. So revolution is coming. <laughs> there's so much pressure. I know in America right now, we there's a lot that the citizens are not happy about. And I like I don't want to say there's a possibility for war, but there's probably like, I wouldn't be surprised if we were fighting for our rights. We just mm -hmm. saw so much of that happen. I feel like Saturn moving through Aquarius because it's now in Pisces, but Saturn moving through Aquarius, I feel was really like the beginning of seeing what this is going to be about. People fighting for their rights, people fighting for their com like communities being restructured all over the place, like family structures. So I think yeah. that it's going to be a lot of that. I think I, I like wrote a bunch of notes for this because I was just like, there's yeah. There's so much like. <laughs> yeah, there is so much. And going back to what you were saying earlier, especially it's very relevant with this age of Aquarius. I'm Aquarius, right? So I'm like, oh, people are like, oh, this is your, your age, right? <laughs> going back to what you were saying earlier, like you're more than your sun sign. We all we actually share all signs. Another thing, and I just did an art piece about this. It's called Breath of Shakti. And it's really about nobody can tell you who you are. So beside, there's obviously astrology that's telling you, basically, this is what you came here with and your soul's evolution and what's going on. Like, that's to me, like the real news. Like, yeah. you want to know what's going on? Look at your chart. Look at the transits happening in the sky, not the TV that's already produced and designed and scripted for you, but what's actually happening that is completely outside of your control. Yeah, absolutely. I think the one other thing considering that we just moved out of the age of Pisces. Pisces is very dreamy. Pisces is very spiritual. So we had a lot. I mean, the age of Pisces was said to initiate at AD 1, which 
is like the birth of Christ. And up until this point, what did we see? We saw a lot of restructuring of religions, a lot of religious and spiritual exploration, a lot of things with the subconscious and like Pisces is another mental health sign coming to fruition and transformation happening there because Pluto, like Scorpio, is associated with transformation. So when we think about the foundation that was laid there, Aquarius is actually a sign that has to do with hopes and dreams. So I think a lot of what was established during the age of Pisces with like spiritual concepts is going to have more concrete ground laid there and like work being put in, transformation happening to bring dreams to reality. I see that for Saturn in Pisces too. I think like what I see as an astrologer and other astrologers will probably tell you this, there's never just one thing happening that indicates the energy. It's a lot of things coming together and it's no coincidence when transits happen at the same time. Yeah, it really isn't. And I mean, I, my vision at least for the age of Aquarius is really along lines of what you were saying as well. Power to the people and all the lies, the religious dogma the illusions, the things that, like astrology, that have been cheapened on purpose and really marketed falsely. A lot of health practices and stuff, holistic health practices you're seeing reemerge as this too, really being validated and acknowledged for what they are, which is the truth. Because that's what I love about the truth. It's still there. Like, Mm -hmm. it'll still be there. It doesn't require you to believe in it. It's still going to be there after all the lies fall away. So I'm feeling like the age of Aquarius is really going to push that truth and people even knowing that truth and going back to, okay, no one can tell me who I am. So I'm going to find that for myself. Who am I looking at that, knowing what is true for me, knowing like discovering yourself, discovering your needs and claiming those? What do you think? I agree with that. And it actually does line up with what I see in the spiritual community specifically what I see people wanting and what like if Aquarius has to do with progress like the progress that I think a lot of people are looking forward to which is like you said coming into ourselves as individuals and we've had so much of this conversation around like the Taurus and Scorpio thing of finding what actually works for you like clearing out what doesn't Aquarius is also the sign of community. So I think in getting really serious about who we actually are, we're going to be able to build better communities around us with people who actually want to support us and love us and are like in the same playing field on the same track of building a future that we're envisioning as well. So even though it is this idea of like developing the self, I feel that it's the purpose of that is ultimately to come back to what we can share with one another in a new and better and brighter way. Can't wait for that. Yeah. Right? Right? (laughs) There's a lot of doom and gloom around transits, and I'm working really hard to view it from a different perspective of, like, why are we fear-mongering? We have no idea what's coming down the pipeline. I want to dream of something good. I want to dream of something better. Because what we dream is what we create, right? Like, what we envision for ourselves, that's, like, law of attraction and how manifestation works. So I have the power to inspire others with transits as opposed to fear monger. I'm going to do that. It's our free will power. It's an opportunity to handle whatever transits are coming. It's within our free will choice, how we react to it and what we do with it. So 
that's also that free will aspect coming back into astrology. It's really just revolves around what we choose. Yeah. Now it's my favorite time of the show. It's a biohacking with art finale question. Are you ready? Yes, let's do this thing. All right. You are, you're totally ready, Gemma. (laughs) (laughs) I was like ready three hours ago. I was so excited to hop on this call. (laughs) Hell yeah. So if you had to describe your unique astrological perspective with any art medium, how would you make it and what would you choose? So it would be sculpture. And I say that because the first thing I thought of when I heard this question was of a sculpture at the Met Museum in New York City called Seated Woman Representing Astrology. It's created by an artist. I believe they're from the Netherlands, but their name is Jembalonia. Wow. In the, it was created in like the mid 1570s or something. And it's of a woman just on a seat. She doesn't have a head. I don't know if it was lost to history or men didn't build those back then. But she's sitting on this orb and you're meant to walk around it or the statue itself is meant to rotate. And it that was done so in an attempt to represent the circular orbit of the planets and the stars revolving around us at all times. And that's the idea I'd like my astrology to embody as well. We need to look at the whole of a thing to understand how all parts work together astrologically. And beyond that, sculpture is not like a, it's not just a canvas on a wall. Not that there's anything wrong with that. We've got plenty of those in our home. They're beautiful. But it's not just like a drawing on a sheet of paper or like a painting on a wall. Sculptures exist around us they are they pop into our lives and we move around them and we work with them and that is so astrology too it's not just something hanging on a wall in a magazine we read we work in and around astrology every day and we don't even know it so that's why i thought of sculpture when i thought of this question i love greek sculptures i took a an art history class when i was in college and for all of the years I was there, that was the one class that jumped out to me the most. And my final project was on sculptures. So I just obsessed. I'm obsessed with the way details are put into these stones, this clay, even wood sculptures that are carved. I could stare at them for hours. Wow. Beautifully said. I love just what you were saying about like the cycles and that just holistic view in our environment. I always say just about art in general, but your environment literally shapes the way that you live, the way that you function throughout your house, the flow, the things you stop and look at, the things that are distracting you or getting your energy. So it definitely makes sense that it would be something more three-dimensional or outside the box. And even in like the 2D in photography or painting, I love printing in like a more sculptural way where it's not just on one canvas, but it actually flows to four different canvases and the canvases get larger as the picture goes and just a different way to embody that message. Really yeah. cool. Yeah, absolutely. Ali, thank you so much for this mystic and holistic thank you. conversation. Yeah, it absolutely was true to name. It has been such a privilege to listen to you today. Tell us where people can find you and learn more about your work. 
Yeah. So you can go to my website, astrologyreports.com. And I've got my moon journals there. I have scheduling there. I have episodes of my podcast, Mystic and Holistic. If you don't want to go to my website, you could go to Spotify, Apple, YouTube, pretty much any podcasting platform. We are on there to listen to that show. And then you can also follow along at Ali J. Knoll or at Astrology Reports on Instagram, on YouTube. I have a TikTok that I unfortunately have to run. So give me a follow. Make it worth it. <laughs> I hate TikTok. <laughs> yeah, I never got into it. So cheers to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically, I'm not even going to lie. It's basically just me reposting all of the videos that I actually enjoy curating over on Instagram. And then like just being like, here, take it. Mommy made you some content. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get that. But y'all, Mystic and Holistic, seriously, give that a listen. I so, so enjoy her podcast it's very real and it's very holistic so like i said what you're getting is right there on the name we will also list all of these resources we chatted about today and more in the show notes and i just really hope everyone is able to take away something from this extraordinary conversation to help them go out and face their shit therefore healing themselves and remember, as always, the truth will set you free. We will see you all next time. Bye. Bye. If you liked this episode or you think this show would be useful for someone else, the best way you can show your support is to share it on your social media outlets with family and friends or subscribe with the link below to receive exclusive perks. And if you're feeling really generous, please leave a review on podchaser.com, YouTube, or Apple Podcasts and pick up a signed copy of my book about how I healed myself from endometriosis on my Instagram at Meredith W. Ochoa. Thank you so much for listening and for having the bravery to face your shit and heal yourself.